Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to Conversations with the Voice of Reason. I'm your host, Benjamin Boyce, and today's conversant is Garrett. Garrett was recently featured last month on a 60 Minutes expose on detransition, which was sandwiched by proper thought around the transgender ideology or experience. Garrett, however, did not have a good experience with trans medical care. He lost his testicles in the process of pursuing an identity that was false for him, and there was hardly any oversight. Garrett's story, I believe, is a good complement with my previous interview with Blair White, and you can see how their two's experiences differ and also what led up to them deciding to transition. It's kind of different. Very rare to find a male detransitioner is willing to speak about this stuff, so I hope it is informative for those of you who are curious about this information. Without further ado, here is Garrett. It's a lot of customer service. Yeah, which is a mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what my job is on the internet. Just <laughs> infinite customer service. Except most of them aren't even paying, so... <laughs> yeah. So how do you want to map this out? Or is there something you want to start with or work toward? Um, I really don't know. I mean... Uh, the, the interviews I do, I usually just kind of go in and they ask the questions. I'm just there to respond. Okay. <laughs> what point are you now with relationship to transition? Do you consider yourself detransitioned? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm still, there's still like uh, a few more steps. Like I just got my name legally changed back this month, as well as my sex marker changed back. So I'm still trying to work through getting every document, bank account, et cetera, et cetera, changed back. Mm. Um, but for the most part, I feel like I've kind of detransitioned as much as possible. You know, I've reversed the surgeries to the best of my ability. Um, I'm on testosterone replacement. Um, finally got the name and sex marker changed back. Mm -hmm. What's <clears throat> testosterone? Uh, what did you what'd you call it again? Uh, is the full name is like testosterone replacement therapy. It's okay. like uh, what men take when they've had an orchiectomy, which I did have during my transition. Okay. Okay. So where did this start? The idea of uh, wanting to transition or. Um, I would say sometime in college, like uh, when I first went to college, I kind of knew about trans stuff, but when you go to college, you kind of just like, um, you learn, you learn a lot more about the world than when you're in high school. Um, so for a while there, I self identified as genderqueer. Um, I don't really tell people that, but in my head, I kind of felt it. Um, just cause I'd always heard people saying, you know, if you feel kind of feminine and feel kind of masculine, you know, you're like, you could be non-binary or 
any one of those many identities in the gender spectrum per se. Um, and so after that, I decided to transition for a bit at 19. I went to a gender therapist for two appointments, got my letter for cross-sex hormones and went on them. Um, and I was on them for four to six months. I can't really remember the exact date. And so I told my mom and she had asked me to stop and wait until I graduated and turned 21. Um, so I just kind of put it all on the back burner and kind of forgot about it and just went back to being me and living, living life. Um, and then after I graduated and my 21st was coming up, uh, it all just kind of came back because I never really, I guess, dealt with those um, inner feelings during that like year and a half period that I had stopped. I never really went to therapy for it and kind of delved deeper into like why I felt that kind of way. So when the deadline that my mother had set was coming up, everything just kind of came back up and I was like, you know, uh, like, let's just go back in like head first. So I went right back to the same therapist, two appointments again, um, right back on the cross sex hormones and the rest is history now, I guess. Mm. So in college, what, how, what did those gender identities help you with? Or what, what did they give you? Did they give you, pl did they plug you into other people, plug you into yourself? Like, I mean, looking back, they didn't really give me anything to be completely honest. Um, I guess when you're like, when you're that age, you know, 18 to 19, you're just kind of, um, you're trying to figure yourself out and figure things out. And when you're hearing all these different things that kind of click with you, you kind of grab onto them to just try and find an identity for yourself because you're just so young and everything's so new to you and you're just trying to figure everything out about life and yourself. Hmm. Did you have, uh, in high school, did you have discomfort with your body or confusion sexuality-wise or gender-wise? Uh, not really, no. In high school, I mean, the only discomfort I really had was I just wanted to like lose weight, and I did, because um, I was kind of overweight for a while there. Um, but I didn't really have any discomfort. Um, nobody was really openly rude to me for being gay. Um, obviously, there were some people, but most people just kept their distance if they didn't like it. And so hmm. I guess I didn't really have any of the uh, discomfort or anything until I got to college. Did you insert yourself directly into an LGBT group? Was that how you got introduced to gender or was it just everywhere? Um, it, it was... Probably, yeah, I want to say it was through, like, my college's, uh, like, LGBT group, um, which I never initially joined. I had, like, um, I think it was, I think it was my boyfriend at the time who kind of introduced me to it, and I started going. It was either my boyfriend or a friend, um, so that's how I kind of got introduced to a bunch of different people um, and a lot more of the gender stuff, because before that, I knew about transgender people, but I didn't really... Um, I guess, know as much as I thought I did. And how did uh, being genderqueer um, affect your relationship with uh, romantically or uh, intellectually with the people around you that you liked? Yeah. Um, 
I, I really don't think that one affected me as much just because that was kind of something I kept in my head and only really told um, okay. like my gender therapist. Um, but later on, the, that kind of like uh, that kind of identity changed into just me identifying as a trans woman later on. Like once I had started transitioning, it it like shifted. What was it like going to ge- a gender therapist? What did uh, they uh, focus on? Um, I mean, so for the first two appointments, like both times, it's um, kind of a plethora of questions that they just kind of ask to get a sense of whether you're a good candidate to go on cross-sex hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, did you if, study up the right No, I, I... I didn't really like uh I had seen posts about like what to say really. Um mm-hmm. but I I mean a lot of the questions were just kind of like, what were you like as a kid? Um have you do you have any like basically trying to figure out if you have any underlying issues that could be causing this? Um, what was your past like? What's your relationship with your family like? Um, questions like that, but I mean, it's only two one hour appointments, so you can kind of only get so deep into a lot of those questions, you know? Yeah. It doesn't really sound like therapy. That sounds like a misnomer. Mm -hmm. What was the relationship to becoming a woman or womankind? What was it about being a woman that you found attractive or compelling? Um... I think it was just the fact that when I was growing up, I wanted to like kind of wear more feminine things or be kind of more feminine. And um, Mm -hmm. it was always kind of shut down um, to a certain extent. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think seeing that, you know, women were allowed to do these certain things, but I couldn't because I was a guy just kind of uh stuck with me and then also i remember reading stories of like um gay guys who would transition into like straight women and their parents would accept them more because then they didn't have a gay son they had like a straight daughter and not that my parents weren't like my parents weren't what's the word i'm looking for they weren't not accepting of me being gay they just weren't the most accepting um so they're a lot more accepting now though. Um, so mm. I appreciate the growth. <laughs> mm. Um, but I feel like those kind of things really fed into me, um, kind of wanting to identify as like a woman instead of just a gay guy. Was there a social milieu where you would be more accepted? Did you see yourself, uh, was there no kind of gay community or, a community for gay males? Was there a mixed community where you would find more acceptance as a female than a male? Um, I mean, where I live, we have like a small gay community. Um, and I was kind of in it. Um, but I think I just, I, I kind of set my mind on a certain thing. And mm-hmm. uh, back then when I, when I kind of made decisions, I tried to like stick to them to my detriment. Um mm-hmm. So, and, and I know when I transitioned the second time is what I call it, but really I, the first time I don't even really count. Cause it was like just a few months on cross sex hormones. The second one is when I did everything. I felt like 
you know, my life was in a good point. So this is the time to do it. You know, I just finished college. I'm going to a grad program. Everything feels like it's falling into place. So now would be the time to transition. Um, and transition ended up unraveling a lot of the things falling in place. But hmm. <laughs> what, what did estrogen feel like? It, it killed like my sex drive. Like the libido was like gone. Um, <laughs> it obviously had like a few physical changes, like body hair slowed, facial hair slowed. I grew some breast tissue. Um, I held more fat or water in my face. I don't know. My face was just a lot puffier. Um, also, this could just be me, but it definitely made me cry more, I would say. And I was on like, um, what was it? Anti-anxiety meds since I was 16 at the time. So my emotions were just kind of like held down by those drugs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I never really cried. So when I was on estrogen, I cried way more. So I definitely pin it on that because it's the only um, outlying factor I can really find. Hmm. Did you have an image of this new, was, okay, was there a relationship to this transition to you that was a new you or somebody else or a fulfillment of what you really were? Or? I would say like, like a new me, like it would be like a, a fresh start almost in my head, which was also kind of appealing because I mean, a lot of people, I feel like, you know, we want to be able to start fresh every now and again. And so I kind of also saw it as that, which was uh, appealing to me. So, you know, along with the other benefits that I saw in it, it was also becoming like a new person, a new me, start over, start fresh, you know, the world's my oyster now. Hmm. Did you do, did you train your voice and your mannerisms or did you just um, let yourself do what you always wanted to do, but were repressed? My mannerisms are what they are. I never really trained those. Um, I've always just kind of had them. Um, my voice, I did do some voice training lessons. Um, they never really stuck though, because it takes a lot of like focus to try and keep your voice at a certain way when you're talking to people. Um, so you, I just never... Could you replicate that now? <laughs> I'm just interested um, in how they would train you. I can try. I can try. Let me see. It's like, it's difficult. I really have to like, think about it. Um, hey, everyone. My name's Chelsea. How are y'all today? Like, kind of like that. It was more like higher pitch. Supposed to be more airy. Um, and Chelsea was the name that I changed my name to when I was transitioning. So. Hmm. Did yeah. you... This is kind of a weird question. I don't know yeah. how, how you conceptualize that, but was what was your relationship to Chelsea? Um, I Did mean, you have different kind of characteristics than than you manifested. Or? I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, pr pretty similar because it was still just me. Um, I guess the only difference mm -hmm. is like, you know. I finally got, felt like I could finally wear the clothes that I'd always wanted to wear. I felt like mm. I could finally, you know, try out makeup. Um, I grew my hair out for a while, which I absolutely hated because I have really curly hair and it's horrible to keep up with. Um, <laughs> oh no. But I guess I just, it kind of felt like it gave me an out to finally, you know, try all the things that I'd wanted to try, um, but felt like I really couldn't. 
since I'm a guy. What was your attitude towards the surgery? Was it the fulfillment of it or was it necessary in order to complete? Um, so with the orchiectomy, which like if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's removal, removal of the testicles. Um, with that one, I had wanted it because I had read online that it can help with the uh like effects of estrogen like work better and faster and also in my state of louisiana you need to have some type of surgery to get your sex marker changed so i didn't want to change my name until i could also just do like the sex marker change with it because it's really expensive to get these changes done in louisiana like i just got them changed back and it was like 650 dollars almost um, so it was kind of like, that's why I wanted it. And so I started, uh, the, the estrogen in July of 2019. Yeah. And then I got the orchiectomy in October of 2019. So only like three months afterwards. Um, and so when I was getting the surgery, I was like super excited for it. And then afterwards I kind of had like some regret like I didn't want to, I didn't want to remove the bandaging. I was very scared kind of. Um, and I had regret afterwards, but I was only like basically out of commission for three days. Like I was able to just get right back to life. And I was still in what I called the honeymoon phase of my transition. Like it was still really early. I was still like, you know, getting everything figured out. So I was kind of able to push those regrets down and like aside. Cause again, I just got back on with life. The transition was still fresh and new, you know, I'd read, you know, people have regrets after surgery. It's fine. Like you'll feel fine after a little while. Um, I mean, all of that came right back up with the second surgery that I had though in October of 2020, which was the breast augmentation. Um, that one was not just a three day out of commission. That was like over a month where I was basically just stuck at home. Um, cause you can't really do anything with your arms. Um, it's a very, uh, it's a very uh i'm trying to think of the right word it's just a surgery that really takes you out um and so i was kind of trapped at home for like a month to a month and a half and you know all of those past feelings of regret came up new feelings of regret came up over that surgery um and so since i was stuck at home i, I had to just kind of reconcile with all that stuff too you were you were uh, alone. Did you have uh, people to yeah, chew on this with? I have a roommate, um, but I didn't really want to. Like, I was I was very nervous to talk to anyone about it, just for the sheer fact that I felt extremely um, embarrassed and depressed that I had made such like a wrong decision, and not just to the point where it's like, oh, I took you know, cross-sex hormones for several months, which can still <clears throat> really mess your body up. But it wasn't just that I had done that. It was that, you know, I've had two surgeries, one of which can never be undone. Like I'll have to be on some type of, you know, sex hormone for the rest of my life. Um, so I did end up discussing it with like my therapist for a bit. Um, and then I like talked to my mom about it because my parents always kind of stayed by my side. They weren't really um, happy about the transition, but they were like, if it's what you want, we'll be here. We'll like support you. Um, 
but I always knew that they weren't really happy about it. So it made it a bit easier to go to them mm-hmm. when I had these doubts because I knew like, you know, they would listen, they would help me talk it over. Um, Were there any resources that you found on online to, or community? Uh, r slash d trans on reddit uh absolute lifesaver because Hmm. i didn't really know who to go to at first and they were basically the first thing that i kind of found when i was looking stuff up and i was in a really bad headspace and i was able to you know make a post there and get a lot of outreach from other members and so that was like an absolute help honestly god lifesaver because I was extremely depressed and was like getting suicidal from how depressed I was Hmm. about uh, feeling so much regret over my transition. In the lead up to the first surgery, did you have, uh, did you have somebody in the medical profession that was holding your hand and talking you through this uh, therapeutically was? Um. I mean, I wouldn't say I really had anyone holding my hand. I had like, you know, my therapist who I had discussed it with, my endocrinologist who gave me the referral to one of the two urologists at the hospital, Hmm. and then the urologist himself. Um, It was just kind of like I set up the surgery, they kind of explained it, and then surgery day came, basically, was how it kind of went. So I suppose they treat this as an elective surgery. You can... Do it if you want. It, it just seems so formal and businesslike. Like, is this what you want? Okay, we'll give it to you. And then bing, bang, bomb. See you yeah. later. Yeah. I mean, you have to, um, you have to get it like approved through like, you know, your doctors and whatnot. Um, and normally the WPATH uh, guidelines call for, for any type of genital surgery, they call for a year of continuous cross-sex hormone usage and, two letters from like medical professionals to get um, like approved. Um, I remember when I was trying to get the surgery and I was talking to my therapist, um, I told him, I was like, you know, I did cross-sex hormones for a while in the past. And, you know, I've been on them for about three months. Um, Still didn't add up to a year, number one. nor was it anywhere close to a year of continuous hormones, but you know, I wanted the surgery. So I was trying to make it work, but that's when, you know, I kind of see it as like the professional should kind of step in and be like, Hey, let's slow it down. We have these guidelines that we should be following. Cause obviously I wasn't in the right headspace. If I was trying to rush the transition this much, um, somebody should have stepped in and been like, Hey, like, let's slow it down. Like, you know, maybe this would be better if you just waited for a bit. Um, but I mean, nobody really did that for me, obviously, if they just went ahead and approved it. I mean, yes, some of that's on me, I guess. But again, I, I didn't give myself the surgery. Somebody else had to do it. Somebody else had to approve it. It seems like they have a lack of the ability to say no. And which Mm -hmm. lines up with the concept of affirmation. Uh, Mm -hmm. It seems like they're, they're all affirmation right now. Yeah, I would... I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> How did you find stability? Uh, you had uh, D-Trans community, and mm-hmm. how did you f- get back to P 
piece or at least not, not yeah. to assume anything, but start yeah. to make that um, turn back to being accepting of your state. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a struggle at first because it wasn't like I could just be like, I mean, I guess I could have just gone out and been like at the first moment, just gone out and said, Hey, I'm detransitioning. Call me Garrett again. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just a gay guy. Um, but it, you know, it was, it was a really embarrassing and depressing moment. Cause again, you know, you make all these changes, you tell everyone like this big announcement, every, you, you kind of make everyone change how they're supposed to perceive you and talk to you and talk about you. Um, hmm. And you feel almost kind of like a letdown, um, I would hmm. say. Uh, but it took a while, but I, I kind of got back to feeling better once I, you know, came to terms with the fact that I did want to detransition um, you know, I, I went on, oh God, what I went and got on testosterone replacement therapy. So I quit using estrogen, um, got on testosterone, which was a bit of a struggle to get on because my endocrinologist required another letter from my gender therapist to get on testosterone, which I kind of found, um, a bit odd that I needed a letter to get on the hormone that I used to make. Hmm. like myself they said it was just to make sure that they were doing everything by the book but hmm. I don't know. they weren't I, doing everything by the book before yeah basic basically they she told me that it was to make sure they just kind of had like everything in a row everything lined up you know hmm. get it get everything correct i was like whatever i'll pay the 75 dollars that i need to get this letter but hmm. and i've gotten the surgeries reversed as much as i possibly can you know i had the breast implants removed. Um, the only thing I could really do about the orchiectomy is get testicular prostheses, which I did go ahead and get. Um, so I've reversed them as well as I possibly can. Hmm. Um, so, and that, that kind of, uh, once the breast implants were out, that was like literally a big weight <laughs> off. Really? Um, yeah, they were very heavy. <laughs> um, oh, really? But, yes. Uh, but also like, literally and metaphorically it was like a big weight off um because while i had them i was always wearing like sweatshirts always like hunched over um i just felt so uncomfortable with my body like i just didn't even want to see myself like naked basically like it just felt wrong like it just felt completely wrong i wonder if I don't know why I'm thinking this but i'm wondering if you were given the chance to have a prosthesis prosthesis breasts for like mm. a month or something just to like, just to feel it. Um, it just seems interesting that that is what mm -hmm. turned you. I wonder what the significance of that was or why yeah. that was so impactful. It, yeah. I mean, it was like taking a shower was not like a good time at all. Like basically if I did not have to be shirtless, I was always in a sweatshirt because mm -hmm. I just felt like, just it felt it felt wrong it felt like i had added something to my body that shouldn't have been there which in my mind like obviously shouldn't have been there but it just it really like messed with me and it was a lot your your libido you said was diminished well I mean, twice over oh, from, yeah. from the estrogen and then from the archaeotomy yeah uh, but was there a sexual component from the outside coming in with the breasts? Like you were on display, you were a woman now, you were desirable. 
Is was there um, any of that consciousness in the background? Um, I don't really think so. I think I I wanted the breast implants because estrogen did not have much of an effect on my chest. Like I did not really grow much breast tissue. I did grow some. Um, but I wanted the breast implants because I didn't really grow anything. And I was like, um, you know, I want to have, you know, like actual breasts like women have. So I look more like a woman, you know, and I can pass better. And then, like, I, I guess since I was trying to pass myself off as a straight woman, there might have been, like, a little bit of, like, you know, it'll make me look better to men as well, I guess. Um, but I think it was more so just me trying to pass better in general and feel more like a woman. Hmm. What was the relationship of passing? Was that a psychological burden or was it something that made you hyper aware God. of every moment with human beings? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was um, not fun always trying to uh, basically sit there and be like, am I passing? Am I passing? Am I passing? Like, what can I do to pass better? Do I look like a woman enough? Do I sound like a woman enough? You know, like, I mean, what those things like, I would sit there and think that and just be like, you know, I need to sound more like a woman. I need to look more like a woman. People like still see me as a man. And, you know, it's just so like, it made me really hate my body a lot too, because I'd always be like, oh, my body looks like so much like a man's, which like, duh. But Mm. uh, uh, it just made me really like come to hate my body and so many facets of my body that I never hated before. And so when I detransitioned, that was really nice because I no longer really looked at my body in such a negative light. I was like, I don't have to worry about passing. Like these things about my body are fine. Like I'm a guy, like this is just, this is how my body's always been. This is how my body should be. You know, I didn't have to sit there and think, Oh, how do I sound to people? How do I look to people? And it it was just like a mental weight off when I finally just, stop caring what that this is a really difficult question Mm -hmm. but i i I think i saw you just very bluntly say it on twitter but Mm -hmm. so i don't know if (laughs) what's your relationship to to your or archaeotomy um i mean i i usually just try to forget about it but i mean it's pretty impossible to like forget about um so it 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 really like messes with me because I mean like I said in the 60 minutes piece it makes it a bit harder for me to feel like my old self again or to just even feel like a regular guy again because you know I've had this irreversible surgery that is going to be with me for the rest of my life like I have to take testosterone replacement for the rest of my life um the best I can get are like prostheses um so I lost I'm really sorry. Have you lost all sexual function? No, no. Thankfully, okay. like I, once I once I got on the testosterone replacement, my sexual function came back a lot better. Um, so I was very thankful Woo-hoo. for that. Yeah, um, I was very thankful for that because the loss of libido was honestly really depressing. Yeah, as wh- well. Wh- what did that feel like? What, was it? Um, it it just like. 
it felt like I just had no sex drive really like maybe three times a month I'd be like oh yeah like there's my sex drive again finally popping back up but for the most part it was like basically non-existent after a while I just got kind of used to it it still was like kind of depressing but I got kind of used to it because it was like a year of basically having like no sex drive so you get used to it but did you, once I, did you have a therapist that was in asking you about that and and keeping up with you on on that um i mean i talk, i was talking to the the gender therapist throughout a lot of this mm-hmm. um like on and off uh couldn't always like pay for the appointments consistently mm-hmm. so um but i i don't think i really talked about some of that stuff just because it felt kind of awkward to talk about i guess i did try and discuss it with um who was it i think i tried to discuss it with another doctor though um because i i was i was working my way to get um bottom surgery like full-on bottom surgery um around the time that i went ahead and got the breast augmentation which you know i guess Thank God that I had the breast augmentation first. Um, But I was trying to talk to one of the surgeons who was going to be a surgeon for the bottom surgery about that. Yeah. And you're talking about full inversion of. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, With the loss of my like libido. Sorry if this is like TMI, but like, you know, I did not get erections very frequently. So like I they tell you this when you're getting on cross-sex hormones like estrogen, that you'll have penile atrophy. They did not tell me it would be as painful as it was, but, <clears throat> so I tried to ask the surgeon about that and he was just what kind do you of mean like- painful? Was it shrinking? Like, 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 like this, this, no, the skin just would like, sh- the skin tightened up a lot. Oh man, um, Just okay. from, lack of, from lack of use. So whenever I did get, <clears throat> you know, the rare erection. It was quite painful. But so I asked the surgeon about that and he was just kind of like nothing to really do about it. Um, Hmm. But it's, it's, I don't have that problem anymore ever since being on testosterone replacement that has like fixed it. Testosterone replacement was like a godsend. I am happy for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you sink much time or how much time do you sink into your parents and thinking about that and thinking about it, especially when you're meeting with other people at this point? Um, I mean, uh, <laughs> I know it's locked down. So. No, yeah. yeah it, I mean, it? I, in here in Louisiana, it's pretty open, but um, yeah. I mean, uh, maybe it's like dumb to say, but I just really don't care that much. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I just kind of throw on a comfortable outfit that I think looks good. Maybe throw on a hat if I just don't feel like having my hair out and mm-hmm. then just go. <laughs> like, what are your... I... Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, like, it's it's a lot better than just having to worry about my appearance constantly 24-7. I just don't care anymore. <laughs> was was there a, a detransition of your psychology or what was the detransition of, of your worldview or how did the world change around you? Um, okay. So yeah, when I detransitioned, 
at the very start, like when I just kind of like come to the mental conclusion that I was going to detransition, but I hadn't really taken any steps other than that. Um, I still kind of like trying to think of the right phrasing for this. Um, before I took like any real like um, physical steps to my detransition, uh, I still kind of really followed the gender ideology stuff a lot more. Um, but once I started to detransition and like follow other detransitioners and see what they were talking about, um, it kind of really turned me off of the whole gender ideology thing because it really did show me how like it negatively does impact people. Like it negatively impacted me, obviously, after going through my transition and surgeries and whatnot. So, so this I guess- <laughs> this gender ideology, it. I, I'm trying to like sum up and, and package yeah. it because this is something that I've been like at war with mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. Que- I, like all the way back to its roots, queer theory, yeah. critical theory, mm-hmm. and then Hegelian yeah. weirdness, like this whole mm-hmm. thing. But what it did, if I gather correctly, is that when he first inter- it was introduced to you, it introduced the concept of male and female. And that started to detach you from just your, your manhood, your, your, just your basic mm-hmm. body. It began mm-hmm. to detach you from your body into a realm of, of feeling of states. And you could be this, you could be that. And, and the queerness yeah. was that you didn't have to be defined, but you knew you weren't yeah. just a man or just even yeah. just a gay man. You were gender queer. And then mm-hmm. somehow that, progressed for you into, well, if I'm not a man, maybe I'm a woman. So it was no longer mm-hmm. a queerness thing. It was the, it was a mm-hmm. landing to this other yeah. thing. And, and, yeah. and it kind of allowed you to do that mentally uh, by forming mm-hmm. these ideas of male and female that you were uh, mm-hmm. fleeing from and chasing or, or whatever mm-hmm. the relationship of transition was. Yeah. I would say it's, it's, it's something like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot. I feel like, um, I try to explain it sometimes to like my dad, he just doesn't get it. He's like, (laughs) I don't understand. He's like, I don't understand any of that. Um, but he's like, keep talking, just vent to me. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. I really, um, for a while there really believed in like, you know, like, um, what, what am I trying to think? Like, like you can that gender is this end all be all kind of thing and now like after detransitioning i don't really care about gender i just look at sex because like sex is like the base and it's what actually matters um Mm -hmm. gender is like bs (laughs) well was i've spoken with other people who uh well it was um it was grace yeah grace said that it was kind of like a soul quest like her no, yeah, gender I, was her soul. I saw that. I saw that. I watched the interview. Um, yeah. Yeah. It sounds I like would, a spiritual thing. Like there's a no, spirituality it, thing. Yeah. On. I would, I would definitely like agree with that. It feels like it's supposed to be like your gender is supposed to be this um thing that you kind of find within yourself, um, like a journey. Um, and once you find it, it's like this, you know, aha like eureka moment um and then you feel like you can just like start life finally like start it fresh with like head on now like now you can be you Mm -hmm. but like you were you the whole time 
<laughs> yeah, your authentic self, this authentic, yeah. this concretized. There's so many psycholo- yeah. rich psychological mm-hmm. concepts going on here, and it's such a shame mm-hmm. that these so-called therapists are not investigating the gender ideology, are not investigating mm-hmm. your actual headspace. They're mm-hmm. just there to see if you're qualified to go to the next step of this pr- process mm-hmm. uh, that, that's out of their hands, that they, they're not... It, look, it seems like they're not even qualified to to question you because they don't understand any of this because they're not asking any of it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And then when it started to fall away, uh, the gender ideology fall away, mm-hmm. did you have um, a different relationship to yourself or the idea of an identity or an individuality? Was was there a, kind of like a, a eureka in that? Like, oh, I'm just me or something like that. Yeah, I would feel like to a certain sense, it was, um, when I detransitioned, it was like finding myself again. Um, Like I'd kind of been like lost for a while and just didn't really notice it until I detransitioned. And then I was like, no, like this is, this is who I'm supposed to be. This is who I always was. Like this, this just is me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Back to being like me, back to being Garrett. (laughs) What do you think needs to be said or be out there for males specifically who mm-hmm. are going through a process that might end up in detransition or might end up in transition? What what kind of resources or words of advice do you have? God, that's a tough one. Um, or what do you what do you think needs to start to happen to help? like to help to help like guys who are detransitioning or thinking about it um i mean i guess the the best thing would probably to be have like more guys who have detransitioned kind of be out there as as like you know a voice and a way to kind of show that you're not alone in this because i know when i was like first thinking about detransition um and i reached out for help it was it was only like a handful of guys there and you know those handful of guys it was really nice though because it was like you've been through almost the exact same thing that i've been through so it really was able to help make me feel like i'm not as alone but since there were so few it still felt like i was kind of uh, alone in a sense like Mm -hmm. you know i'm one of the one of the few it feels like just because there Mm -hmm. aren't as many out there being vocal and i feel like that can really help because it kind of shows you you know you're not alone in this there are other guys gone through this and you know life can get better after it because at first i thought it never would but it definitely has <laughs> i guess the last question what's life beyond gender what what what, uh, it, what is it what, what does it look like to you now uh i mean i guess like in one word freeing but um yeah. uh it just it it feels like i got back on the right path like for a while there like i'd kind of like skewed off and now i'm back and it just feels like I said, freeing. I feel like I'm me again. Um, not so easy sometimes, just because I've had surgery and whatnot. But mm-hmm. it's a lot better than what it used to be. Do you think that there is? Uh, what would be your hope for the so-called? And I don't mean that derogatorily, but it's just a weird <laughs> phrase. The LGBT. Mm-hmm community uh what do you think needs to be a little bit more uh changed in there uh, that would be helpful for gay men 
Um, I mean, I just feel like more, more, I guess, questioning of like gender stuff because I mean, as some, as somebody who is a gay guy, um, and who's around a lot of gay guys, it's pretty just like wholeheartedly accepted in the community, um, without any really, um, critical questioning, I guess you could say. Um, and so as someone who has gone through it and detransitioned, uh, on my, from my viewpoint, I just sit there and I'm like, why are you not questioning this? Like, you know, so I, I feel like that's a big thing for the community, not to plug them or anything, but I do like them. The LGB Alliance, I feel like they're really good with that. They question it more. Um, and, you know, they focus more on, you know, the the sex aspect of being yeah. same-sex attracted, which is what I, I prefer. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for your, mm-hmm. a little bit of your afternoon, Garrett. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely. I got him down and then he went back up again. Come here. Come here. Come here.